0: Tom Bernard show with Doug Sprinthal,
1: Catherine Brandt,
0: Andy Brandt-Bernard,
2: Cassie Schrader,
0: and Darkness Dave will join us right after this Tom Bernard show. Yep.
2: Oh, so, what's going on at Walter,
3: you <laughs> might <laughs> <For> ask?
0: <Yeah. laughs> I always forget, because you're very forgettable. We've dropped the as an advertiser. So you
4: as, as, as your son <laughs> yeah.
1: asked when you left the room, is dad high?
0: <laughs> dad high? Why
4: are
5: you asking Because you're acting ass? odd.
0: No, I'm not. Yeah, you kind of are. (laughs) A little bit. (laughs) I'd like to be high,
3: actually. Let me
5: think about that. I'll
0: get back to Walls Walzer Automotive Group, walzer.com. So if
3: you're not high and you're looking for a new job, we have some great, great exciting opportunities for it. What if I am high? Does Walzer a drug test? Uh, actually, yes, we do. Damn it. It's Pretty Tom much everyone. Work. It's a tough <laughs> test. You know, how many grams minutes. are in an ounce? And if you have a Lincoln Navigator that's loaded with Coke and it only gets 10 miles per gallon, okay. it's a complicated drug how far test. In, we how go. far
4: into South America can you drive? Right. On a
3: Before its diminishing return on your investment. Mm. (laughs) Actually, the drug test isn't nearly that difficult, although I do have a funny story about it. I'll tell you sometime in the future. Uh, We are looking for salespeople in the Twin Cities metro area. We've got openings, I think, at three of our stores. Uh, We will train you. We've got a paid 12 or 13 week training program. Uh, We switched from hourly compensation to a salary just a couple of months ago uh, with bonuses. So it's actually a little bit of a pay increase. if you're interested, go to Walzer.com, scroll to the bottom of the page, hit careers, or you can always email me at Doug at Walzer.com and I will guide you through the process. Walzer
0: Automotive Group, Tom is high. <laughs> <laughs>
4: I don't know, this, this doesn't seem like the symptoms of opiates This is more the opposite It's a gateway
0: <laughs> Okay man, we're back in a aren't you? So, you know. I was thinking more like methamphetamine yeah, I was going to do this I going to look at the trails of my yeah.
4: fingers
0: <laughs> I spent most of the 70s on. doing that I just love the fact that I leave the room You guys turn on me You know who's high? <laughs> Dad
1: well, You're just kind of being uh, a little ADD today
0: I'm not ADD. I'm trying to do some research on the fly And angry. <laughs> Darkness, Dave. Well, I should put that on your phone. When your phone, when your phone rings yeah. and you don't answer, I just go, it's Darkness, Dave. I like it.
7: That that would be fantastic. How are you guys doing?
0: Marvelously well. I, thank you for yesterday. I appreciate your help with that. While I was getting my hernia poked. <laughs>
1: That's a whole nother story. Uh, that's
0: a whole nother I,
7: story. I, I, guess, I, I guess I shouldn't laugh, but I will tell you, I do share one thing with you on that, uh, Tom, uh-huh. that when I went in, it was about six years ago for a complete checkup under the hood. Right. The doctor starts doing, my, starts doing my hernia exam, and as he's cradling the boys, the nurse walks in, and he stops doing what he's doing and starts talking to her. And he's just holding me for like 40 seconds. I go, are we gonna? I go, are we gonna finish? I said, are we going Are we gonna finish? Are we gonna finish this or what? Oh, oh, are we dating
5: now? And,
7: and he turns around and he looks at me, and he goes, are we gonna finish this? I'm not that kind of doctor, sir. And I oh, just had a great time.
1: Funny guy. Funny oh, guy.
0: That but is fantastic. Uh,
1: Making the so most of an awkward had, situation.
7: Yeah, well, you just had Grant Wilson on, and kind of hearing your banter during the commercial breaks there, mm-hmm. i got to tell you, one of my favorite stories Jason and Grant told, uh, they had a couple, as he said, they were more afraid of the living than they were of the dead yeah, doing well, these investigations. Good reason. And they get called in, this, and, and they always help families that have children or old people that are, are dealing with something supernatural and, and kind of frightening, so... They they get a call from this old woman, and she's something's in her house, something's stalking her. She can feel it around her. She knows it's watching her. She's really freaked out. So they they clear a couple of nights to go investigate. And they go in. They're they're investigating for the night. And I think it was, like, the second night they had her leave the house so they could just check the house for any kind of natural occurrences without anybody there. And, and late into the night, about 2 o'clock in the morning, they're getting a little punchy and tired, and they're snack hungry, and there's a big cookie jar on the counter. And and Grant goes, hey, I wonder if there's any cookies in here. She wouldn't mind, do you think? And they lifted the lid, and the cookie jar is packed with marijuana. Oh. <laughs> Absolutely oh. packed with marijuana. And he goes, hey, let's reevaluate. She she feels like she's being watched all the time, like there's something <laughs> around her. He's paranoid. He goes, "Grandma's not haunted. Grandpa, Grandma is high." Uh, so th- that was that was one. And then the oh, other story head. I love that he told. They they get called in to do an investigation. Uh, this this woman is is claiming all kinds of strange paranormal activity. They show up. They start the investigation. The old woman goes in the bedroom. She comes back out a few seconds later, completely perplexed. Goes back in her room and comes out with a gun and starts waving a gun and demanding to find out why they're in her home.
4: Oh, Oh, man. So
7: so she's actually kind of in that uh, twilight dementia stage. So she has longer periods of good and then slips into these Um, fugue states. And then they're trying to talk her down. They're trying to explain, you called us. And she has no recollection, and she's threatening them with a gun. So, yeah, it it can be... uh, the, the human element is is sometimes a, a much more terrifying than anything paranormal I'll run into on, on any of these investigations.
0: Is it is this time of the year a lot more fun? Or, I mean, I, you really enjoy what you do. You enjoy your work a lot. Yeah. But is this time of the year even better because it is October?
7: Sure. This is my, you know, Santa gets the month of uh, December. Darkness <laughs> Dave owns October. So.
0: Well, I, I own November, I love this. so that's good.
7: Yeah, there you go. See, so it's this is this is my time, and I, I get to, you know, the only bad part is I'm separated from my wife a lot because I've got to be on the road doing these conventions. Um,
3: she but was, we're she gonna go was do earlier the mentioning Cruise. how much fun that is. Yeah, <laughs> she said,
7: isn't it great that Dave's
0: gone again?
2: <laughs> no. <laughs> goes, no. Party in the valley.
0: No, that's not true. <laughs> but uh, so
7: yeah, I get just, like, I'm, I'm heading I'm heading up to the Shooting Star Casino event for the weekend up in Minomon, Minnesota, right near Fargo, of all places. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, it's, it's funny to me because I do these casino events two, two times, three times a year. One of them is in Sault Ste. Marie, Michigan, and you literally can't find a place more out of the way to, to put a convention like this on. I've been to conventions in Chicago, Los Angeles, you know, even in Minneapolis, where they struggle to get 100, 200 people. You go to Sault Ste. Marie, Michigan, or Minnomin, Minnesota, in the middle of bumble-heck-nowhere, and they'll get 1,500 people that huh. descend on these casinos for this paranormal conference. And it's, it's amazing, and you get to meet people from all walks of life and hear ghost stories and Bigfoot encounters and alien abductions and some anal probing. It's amazing! <laughs>
0: Anal probing. All Other right. than that, though, All right. Cartman, are we? Are we getting Aliens back to my? Aliens have to have a hobby. Are you getting back to my uh, hernia exam? The anal probing part. Oh well, <laughs> to God! If he's
1: going in through the anus, yeah, if he's got, going yeah, in through the anus, problems. Tommy's doing it wrong. Yeah. <laughs> I told you there's something wrong with that doctor. Never
3: save money. Never try to save money by going to a vet. I understand, <laughs> I understand
0: that completely.
7: That's right. Um... Here's here's a little helpful tip from your helpful tip from your friend Darkness Dave. If your uh, if your exam begins with him holding your hips from behind, it's not going to go well <laughs> for you. Yeah,
0: you know you're probably right about that. Probably true. Sault Saint Marie, the birthplace of whom? I know this. You know, yeah, Cassie knows because she's all whipped up about sports. A very big sports figure in the state of Minnesota was born in Sault Saint Marie.
7: Kirby Puckett.
0: No. no uh, that was New Trier.
7: I think a New hockey Trier. puck's involved,
2: honey. Wayne Gretzky. A
7: hockey puck is involved. Uh, I, uh, uh, Lou Nanny.
1: Exactly.
0: Yes. Lou from the Sioux.
1: Ding,
2: ding, ding.
0: Ding, ding, ding. There we go. Huh? Lou from the Sioux. Yeah. Why do you think that is when you get in... in you can't really say rural areas because Fargo's not a rural area. It's a, no, it's it's a, a city. It's a city. Mm-hmm. Why do you think it is that people... Uh, In a towns of that size, because no, no. no,
7: Just so you know, this Minomon, Minnesota, is about an hour and twenty minutes from Fargo. Oh, Minomon, Minnesota, right? Minomon, Minnesota. Check this out. You go to the convention. You can stay at the casino. The next closest hotel is thirty-five miles away.
0: Other than that, though. So what? what, Yeah. So this
7: is literally in the middle of
0: nowhere. Is it closer to like Detroit Lakes or what's it close to in Minnesota?
2: I believe it's close to. I think it's north of Detroit Lakes.
0: Well, it's that far north.
2: Yeah, I think it's a That's little bit there. north, yeah. or right around in that area. And
0: you're driving up there, Dave.
7: Yeah, yeah. I'm. I'm just getting into St. Cloud right now. Is there snow? Not so far.
0: Oh, oh. there was. But
1: the clouds s-
7: look like they're. Uh, they're. They're threatening.
0: They got a foot and a half of snow in North Dakota last night. <sighs>
5: Oh, oh, my God. what am, I getting, what am I getting into
0: yeah they had a lot of snow last <laughs> night but you know it'll all work out in the end but that stuff is so much fun uh, you know to tell you the truth yeah. one, one of the things I, I loved about living in Grand Forks and, and, and Fargo and driving down to Rochester to do the uh, 7 to midnight show and all that. being in not small towns but what would you, just smaller cities I guess is what you could get. you know the Fargos and Grand Forks and Rochester and I loved being down there at holiday season because people in that size of town, uh, they really get into holidays much more, I suppose, because do you think part of that is because most of the people are kind of, they have the same views, closely the same religion. Uh, Do you think that's why they get into, like, Christmas is great. The 4th of July is magnificent, as a matter of fact. I was in 4th of July in Fargo.
7: It's... it still has that sense of community, which I yes. think we've lost in a lot of places.
0: You are correct.
7: You still know your neighbors about who they are, or maybe you don't care about them, but at least you know them, <laughs> and you know who to avoid, right?
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of, in a way, because Catherine and I live on an island, we have kind of that feel. We don't hang out together all that much or whatever, but our neighbors are, we know them all. They're very, very friendly to Catherine, not so much <laughs> to me, but, you know, just one of those deals. One of those deals. No, so we kind of maybe have if that. you weren't
7: maybe if you weren't walking around the yard in nothing but a bathrobe and a shotgun, Tom, people would feel better about talking <laughs> to you.
0: Don't forget about the cigar in my mouth. Don't forget about that. Say, <laughs> yeah, right. get Tony, off my lines. Tony hey? Soprano. Yeah, that's right, <laughs> Tony Soprano, running things. So, so when you get there tonight, there's a VIP dinner, right? Yes. And then, and then tomorrow, yeah, I get
7: to be the. Uh, I'm the MC for the whole weekend. So I get to, uh, introduce okay. the VIP dinner and, and kind of do all the, you know, in between bits. And then there's starting at 10 o'clock in the morning. I think the, the people from the Palmer house hotel are up there doing, uh, a, a talk. And then it's a bunch of paranormal celebrities like Jael DePardo and Aaron Ryder from, uh, destination truth. They're going to be on oh, hand. Okay. Um, Nick Groff and, and Elizabeth Saint from, uh, ghosts of shepherdstown go grant wilson and and uh, dave tango uh, and steve gonzalves from ghost hunters i do a talk i think at two thirty tomorrow uh called the darkness of radio where i'm going to talk about some of the creepiest stories we've heard and had experienced ourselves over the last 13 years of doing the show um so yeah there's there's a lot of great speakers and guests and and uh kind of these breakout sessions and just a chance to get to know people and share in this community. And what's nice is you, you get to meet, you know, everybody kind of thinks this is like a fringe element. You're just going to walk in like it's Comic-Con and yeah. a bunch of yep. nerds that have never actually touched the opposite sex. But you're getting every <laughs> age range and every, you know, from from house moms to uh, high-powered attorneys to, to neurosurgeons, right. So doctors, it's kind radio
3: hosts. It's kind of a yeah. big orgy, Dave. Is that what you're saying?
7: I don't like to call it an orgy <laughs> as much as I call it a paranormal, a paranormal adult party, Doug. Well, there you have the a <laughs> adult
0: party. Now we're talking. Um, did, did my talk with, you said you heard some of my talk with Grant Wilson. Did that make sense to you that yes. I'm not afraid of ghosts? Because if I did see one, it was my, my great-grandmother, and it was not scary at all. I just thought it was my great-grandmother. No. So whether I just imagined it or if right. it really happened doesn't really matter.
7: I, You know, it's like people ask me all the time, well, aren't you afraid
0: no. when you go to
7: these places? And I'm like, well, are you afraid when you go to the zoo and see animals? And they're like, no. And I said, right, because you're going there expecting. I go to haunted locations to try to have an experience. Yep. It doesn't mean I don't get unnerved. Yeah. And I, I don't have that. some some really uncomfortable situations. I had one at the the Palmer House Hotel about two or three years ago, doing this thing called the um uh, gosh, what's the name of the experiment? It's the psycho crying Yeah, the psychomantium experiment. Where you take a mirror, you hang it on a wall. You, you get in a room that's kind of oh, devoid right. of any other yep. light source. Yep. You use just a little candle, and it's kind of you, you. You allow your eyes to kind of just unfocus, like you would on those magic eye pictures, and you just l- let the environment happen around you. And people have had some really profound, almost religious experiences doing this. So I went down, and you're supposed to do this alone. And this this girl just didn't want to go by herself, so I agreed to sit in the room behind her lower on this, she was on this dais, so I wasn't part of her view, and as we're doing this, um, we, we witnessed some weird things happen in the mirror, but at one point, you know, it's just this one little flickering candle, so my eyes were getting a little irritated, so I take my glasses off, and I, I focus in the darkest part of the room, just to let my eyes readjust, and when I turn back, I notice that her shadow behind her is very, very dark and pronounced. And I'm trying to, you know, I'm, I'm looking at it, and I'm like, that that looks really weird. And I lean forward, and her shadow bends down to look at me in the face. Uh. And then it, yeah, it stands back up. That was one of the freakiest moments I've ever had. But it didn't growl. It didn't pop its claws. <laughs> and she didn't move. She just kept looking in the mirror. So I, I can't say that I don't get unnerved from time to time. Yeah, right, but right. I, you know, I'm, not, I'm I'm not frightened by this. I, I'm uncomfortable on occasion, but for a lot of you know, no less comfortable than the doctor holding my junk while he's talking to a nurse for forty minutes. Well, so it's it, all relative, right?
0: Is it terrified? <laughs> uh, is it terrifying being married to Cassie? Oh my
7: God! What? Only, only the fact that everybody keeps thinking I'm her dad or her grandpa—that's wow. the only scary part about yeah, it. Yeah,
0: I get that same deal. Thanks for bringing that up. Oh, your daughter's with you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. Can you? Do you have more time? Do you want? Can you stay with us for another segment? Or you got to go. Driving through. What's well, what I'm saying? I'm driving. I'm
7: driving till four o'clock. But what I'm, I'm, I'm driving till four. Is, we can take this show all the way till I get there. Let's go. I, I, I just wanted to make sure
0: that you're comfortable talking on the phone yeah. while you drive, though. So that's okay. I am, All
7: and I'm right. I'm driving with people in costumes in the car next to me. So it's awesome. Let's okay. do this. Yeah, <laughs>
0: we'll be right back. More with Darkness Dave right after this. Tom Bernard Show. It's Tom here to tell you how easy it was for me to hit my goal of a 92.5 pound weight loss at Nutramost Twin Cities in Plymouth with their weight loss plan. I started in March, and in just over five months, I learned about clean eating, and I now know the foods that work for me and the weight gain trigger foods. Very important. I'm now in the reset phase and then on to the Nutramost Forever Maintenance Program, which I'll be talking about more in the weeks to come. Find out how to have success losing weight like I did. Attend the Nutramost Twin Cities in Plymouth free informational dinner on Monday, October 15th, 6.30 p.m. at Jake's in Plymouth. Those extra pounds melt away really fast with this easy program. Nutramost Twin Cities in Plymouth will guarantee that you lose 20 pounds or more in just 40 days. Nutrimost helped me change my life and they can help you too. Register for the Neutromost Twin Cities in Plymouth dinner on October 15th. Just call 763-333-7337. That's 763-333-7337. We're back, ladies and gentlemen, Darkness Dave with us. Uh, We're talking about his segment called The Darkness of Radio, which I've already done once, The Darkness of Radio. I actually did uh, several biographies of people I've worked with, if you get my (laughs) to Honestly, there's a lot of darkness in radio, I'll tell you that. My God, from the time I was 17, 18 years old. Good God, there's a lot of lunatics in this business. In any case, so you're on your way up to Monoman, Minnesota. Is there a co- there's a college yeah. there, isn't there? I don't
1: know, Minomon. Is there a you college?
0: Know, I, I don't know. Maybe I, I'm thinking I, of a I Manominee.
1: plug in my address.
7: I drive there. I know nothing about the state.
4: Yeah. Let's see here, Minomon, Minnesota. Population twelve hundred. Well, so I'm guessing <laughs> no. I'm thinking of Menominee, probably. I believe you. Because there are. is a college yeah. there.
0: There is, yeah. Although
4: the North Dakota Attorney General was born there.
0: See. Wow. So,
4: oh. so
1: there's that.
0: <laughs> yeah, Andy pointed out that, that Long Prairie, Minnesota has three notable people. Two of them are dead, and the other one's me. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. That's really nice. That's really well, nice. Well, one
4: of them's notable for being murdered. Yeah, she was murdered. And the other though. one was notable because he was in, like, the Civil War he, yeah. or something. He won
0: the Congressional Medal of Honor. What do you mean? Let's yeah, go. A long time ago. Well, at that point. Yeah, as a matter of fact, Jody Hustentrute was born in the same town I was born in. Oh, really? I don't know. Yeah, absolutely. It's a very sad story right now. They still haven't
7: solved that, have they?
0: Nope. Nope. And I still think. This probably not going to be. No, but
7: they're they're getting closer, I think. I I think they've got a couple of leads that are brewing. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I know that, and I'm not kidding, by the way, that a guy I used to work with was investigated when that happened. Really? Yeah. Was that it,
3: 30 years ago? Got to be. Pretty uh, close.
4: Let's see. She was declared dead in 2001. She disappeared in 95. 95. So 23 wow, 20, years ago. 23
0: years ago. My God, what Unreal. a story. What a story. Sarah, now, let me ask you a question. In that particular case, so the parents of Jody Huss, and, Trude, and this we didn't know we were going to do this, just because the name came up. What I, I suppose it's not unknown for, for people, and I'm not saying they do, but a situation like that when you've lost a daughter so young, do they tend to lean toward trying to contact her in some ways? Does that happen?
7: Yeah, that, that'll that happen a lot of times, especially well, it depends on, on the people, but yeah, especially in a case where they're trying to locate her. Um, yeah, right. They'll lean on, on mediums to try to find any clue, any kind of information. Um, you know, it's really kind of a bizarre deal. We have a a medium that was on our show, gosh, quite a while ago, uh, I want to say maybe going on eight years ago, by the name of Robbie Thomas, not the musician, but the uh, mm-hmm. medium. Right. And he, he had a pretty good record. He had publicly was able to close two missing pe- person and murder cases. And I say publicly because a lot of times the police won't admit That they used the medium for that. Oh, yeah. But he was able to help close two cases. So we had him on our show, and I gave him, uh, I had given him, I think it was like four cases to to weigh in on. One was Kaylee Anthony, and this was before she was found. The other was um, uh, Jacob Wetterling.
0: Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah.
7: And what's really bizarre is that during the interview, when I was talking about Kaylee Anthony, he starts talking, and he goes, um, you know, she's been moved, um, and I, I think she's underwater right now is what I'm getting.
0: Oh, God.
7: And, I, and he, he starts to explain, it's very dark. It's like this. So they find her in the water in a black plastic bag Ugh. shortly after he did that interview, and it, that was pretty uncanny. And then we just had to review that episode last year when they found the remains of Jacob Wetterling. And his prediction was eerily close again. So two of the four, he got, I mean, unbelievably close information on. So, you know, I mean, it's, it's does it work? Do people get the answers? Not all the time. And sometimes it's very frustrating. You know, it's, you're, by a, a, you're in a field, you're this, but they, it's not like there's a sign pointing down Little Falls, mm-hmm. Minnesota, 26 miles, yeah. telling you where to look it'll get the general vicinity but then it's just kind of a crapshoot from there of how do you find it and how do you get permission if you think you have the area to to dig
0: I mean, and yeah, that's, I mean, that's you know. where
7: it gets kind of sad yeah
0: so Dave I have to ask you this question everybody at the table actually have you seen the show uh tv show manifest it's a new show this year have you seen it
7: no I just I just heard about it and uh, I want to watch it I haven't watched it yet
0: we watched the first episode last night. I think we're three episodes in uh, so far. We've watched mm-hmm. the first one. It's about a flight that takes off from Australia, right, Catherine?
1: Yep.
0: <clears throat> and
1: Oh, the, no, Jamaica.
0: Is it Jamaica? Jamaica. Oh, it's Jamaica, okay. Yeah. Uh, Very close, though. Uh, yeah, Jamaica, Australia, you know, <laughs> it's all island. in the same globe anyway. Some island, so um, But it, they hit some pretty rough weather, and they lose, you know, contact with, uh, you know. Well, you're on an airplane. You're not going to get... Much contact anyway. But uh, they come out of the storm and they, they radio ahead to New York City and they say, you know, they say it's a flight, uh, what was it MA 828? I
1: think it was Montego
0: Air. I think it's was yeah. eight, Montego Air twenty eight. Mm-hmm. It's about a flight, runs into some problems. Uh, they send them to an airport, they make them deplane on the tarmac. There are cop cars and squads and ambulances everywhere. Turns out that after they took off from Jamaica, they went missing for five and a half years.
1: Yeah, but they didn't have. They thought that they were just on the flight.
0: Yeah, they just thought they it had was no just idea, a time fast
2: Oh, I think I saw the oh, trailer. Very cool. Yeah, it's really good. yeah. They have like all this lost time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, five yes, and a half I, years. Yeah, yeah. I saw like a trailer, or you know, like a what do they call those? Like a trailer, a trailer promo yeah. for <laughs> yeah, the show. <laughs>
0: trailer, yeah, trailer. Yeah, yeah. pretty much true. Um, it's a situation where where the people on the flight all begin to hear voices in their head, which we haven't gotten too deep into. A couple of things have happened where they've gotten voices in their head. So far, they've saved three children because of the voices in their head. It's a pretty damn good show. I mean, it's, you know, obviously fiction and whatever, but it's a really looking at humanity, because in that five and a half years, some people have died. They didn't know died but they found cures for diseases uh, for terminally ill patients. So bad things have happened, good things have happened. It's a pretty damn good show. I was wondering your take on that whole deal, that these people disappear for five and a half years, all of a sudden they all hear voices in their heads. But so far, the first episode, the two times people hear voices, it's been a very positive outcome. Um, Yeah, it's going to be interesting. That that sounds cool.
7: I wonder if they're kind of inspired by the, you know, MH70 or 370 flight that went missing. If that was kind of the yeah the genesis of this idea, you know. Um, But there's a guy by the name of Bruce Gernon who wrote a book uh, about the Bermuda Triangle, Mm -hmm. and he deemed this thing called uh, electronic fog. And he is a, a very skilled pilot had taken off, and and again, I'm horrible at geography, so I can't remember where he was heading, but he took off from one location. He knows that it takes, you know, three-quarters of a tank of gas to get to the next location and like, four hours. He gets up, these weird clouds start surrounding him like a tunnel, and they're closing in on him, and he's going through this tunnel. He comes out the other end, and literally when he comes out, he's above where he needs to land. And he's only been in the air for about an hour and a half. And he lands and he's like, what the hell? What just happened? He lands, checks his gas, and he only has used about an hour and a half's worth of gas. But it's, he traveled the entire route, this like four and a half hour flight in an hour and a half, and only used the amount of gas that he should have. For an hour and a half flight, and he can't explain it. Tailwinds? So there are no. no very, no very breeze.
4: strong tailwinds. <laughs> yes, exactly.
7: Yeah, very, yeah. So, you know, I don't know what, you know, th- there's certainly something weird. We're going to be going on the Jericho cruise.
0: Oh, right. I'm taking yeah. my lovely yeah. wife.
7: Um, we're going on, Tim and I, from Darkness Radio, and we're going to be on there with a bunch of reality TV celebrities from Impractical Jokers and WWE and rockers and comedians, and Tim and I are the paranormal contingent, and they want us to do some, so we're going to do a couple talks, but we're also going to go out on October 30th, and we're going to do a summoning to try to call up a UFO Ooh. or a USO and try to have an experiment in the Bermuda Triangle on the last night of the cruise, so I'm all for this stuff. I love it. I think it's exciting, and man, let's give it a try.
0: Where's the cruise take place?
2: We're going to the Bermuda Triangle.
0: It's in the ocean.
2: Yeah. yeah, no, no. I, mean, I should
0: have said take place. Where does it start? It Miami. In oh, in Miami.
2: Yeah, we're on Yeah, we're leaving okay. Miami. We port at Miami, and then we're going to NASA
0: Oh, uh, for new listeners, that was people being a ass on the show. I just
2: like
0: to point that out. You know, we
2: aim to please. Tom. <laughs> we aim to please
0: by being a smart. Oh, really? I we already said Bermuda Triangle. You dope. <laughs> I, yeah, I should have said the point of origin. Point of origins close enough, isn't it? Well, port of origin or point of origins is good. Leave me off. I'm going to head to the house. Don't make me pull this show over and separate you two. (laughs) exactly. God, see, you know what just happened to me. I, I know it's going to be like this, so I'm going to rush to get this taken care of. I just went to cross my legs and I pinched my sack and it hurt (laughs) like mad. It's like, ow.
1: Well, I did. It hurt like hell. I don't hell. know why you have to tell people because that. Because he was
0: digging around up there, and now it hurts like hell. Look how far we've come. We've
3: gone from Edwin R. Murrow to Tom's, Tom's nuts. Tom's
0: nuts.
1: <laughs> I'm beginning to think you need to wear a cup at all times, you especially at right. the doctor's office. You might be
0: absolutely right about that. I uh, should wear a cup at all
4: times. You
1: never know where this show's going to go. No,
4: that's very true. Well, well you know. You got-
7: Tom, you've gotta to reach out to uh you gotta reach out to Glad and see if you can be the new voice of the cinch sack. <laughs> I like it.
0: Now it's time to show you the cinch
4: sack. Well, did you know that you can transcend chronic illness through the power of art and attitude? What? what? <laughs> According <laughs> to our guest, Lisa Snyderman. Uh, are into
6: the medicinal marijuana? <laughs> oh, speaking of that,
0: by the way, before we get to Lisa, uh, okay. last night, well, no, we can bring Lisa up. Lisa, you, I just want to tell a very quick story. Lisa Snyderman. I'm laughing. Good,
5: I'm good. Good. laughing.
0: I'm glad to hear that. So, Lisa, where are you from, Lisa? San
5: Francisco, Bay
0: Area. San Francisco, okay. Well, here in Minneapolis, St. Paul. We have the, the mayor of St. Paul who, you know, shut down the fireworks because they're just too much fun for everybody, so let's make people miserable. And the other guy is a guy named Jacob Fry. He's the mayor of Minneapolis, and it's well known that he likes to hit the, uh, the pipe, if you know what I'm saying. Uh, the, the word is he likes his allegedly. marijuana. That can uh, allegedly. Allegedly.
3: allegedly, that can mean different things. Tom, yeah. He's well, no, no, okay. I'm well, for the you. word
0: is that he likes marijuana. Ah, that's that's just right. the word. I don't know true, but for some reason, allegedly, that, allegedly, for some reason last night, Lisa, they showed him on television talking about this, that, and the other thing. And he was completely surrounded by smoke. I don't know mm. why. <laughs> it was the electromagnetic fog. It, right. yes, it did it look a
1: little it? suspicious.
0: Catherine, yeah. you saw it with me. I, it, yes. It was absolutely smoke surrounding Either this Either that,
1: man. or he's uh, demanding soft <laughs> filters when he's on.
0: Grateful Dead
1: quietly television. playing in the background.
0: All right. So, Lisa, if, if while, during this interview, if my voice goes up, it's because I need hernia surgery, and I just my legs.
1: Okay. I don't think she wants to hear about I, anything having to, to do with her in your I area. I think
5: I need to understand more. <laughs> no,
0: you
1: don't oh, want I to I run. Need.
3: Just listen to the first
0: hour. Right. <laughs> you know, see. But I'm gonna let you guys go. All right. <laughs> see you later, today. darkness. You're the best of us. Have a safe Have trip. Have a good one, guys.
7: Bye, Bye, Bye honey. And there's still tickets. There's are still tickets available if people want to come up to the Shooting Star Casino and have a paranormal adventure this weekend with me. Come on up and let's do it. Maybe Thank care guys, and I up. will uh, talk to you
5: next week.
0: Sounds great. Thanks, Darkness. Darkness Dave is doing a paranormal conference, Lisa. What do you think of that?
5: I think it's awesome. It
0: is. I mean, it's Halloween time. I love the name of your book, "A Light in the Darkness: Transcending Chronic Illness Through the Power of Art and Attitude." Attitude is a huge, huge part of that, isn't it?
5: Yes, <laughs> definitely. The especially because you can remember that you are not your illness.
0: Well, I like that. See, that's a very good way to put it. Like it's exactly that. what I'm talking yeah. about. You are not your illness. Um, yeah. To, I suppose most people go through life with this great fear that they're going to get some, some uh, illness, and it might be severe. Do people worry about that kind of thing all the time? I suppose they do, which is really unfortunate. It's too bad. In two thousand eight, yeah, so
5: I think there's a. Oh, go ahead. No, no, no,
0: I'd rather hear what you have to say. Absolutely.
5: Uh, I was simply going to say that I think there's a lot of anxiety about it, and it and it re- yeah. results in things like. Uh, drinks like you know power shakes and protein shakes and doing all these things you can to avoid getting cancer or avoid getting illnesses eating organic right living a healthy lifestyle when all of these things are you but may not do anything you know in terms of your chances of getting an, an illness
0: yeah that makes so total... Lisa if we if you could adjust your phone a little bit it's kind of breaking up are you on a cell phone Uh, Is that better? Yeah, we'll take a very quick, we'll be back in like two minutes, and then we'll get it straightened away. Right back with Lisa Snyderman. Ladies and gentlemen, the book is called A Light in the Darkness, Transcending Chronic Illness Through the Power of Art and Attitude. I love that whole idea, and we'll be right back more with Lisa, right after this, Tom Bernard Show. this 0% offer is available for a limited time. Call Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning to find out more, and please tell them that Tom sent you. Sabre and Bryant, whatever it takes. I love this song.
2: I do, too. It's a
0: really good song. Uh, tell me when Lisa's back with you, Andy. She is Oh, back. she is back. Okay, Lisa, how are you?
5: Let's try that again. Can you hear me?
0: Yeah, yes, it sounds, sounds terrific. Yeah. Sound, yeah, it sounds really good. No,
5: Wonderful.
0: Thank you, thank you Lisa. Yes. A light in the darkness transcending chronic illness is the power of art and attitude. Is it A-E-D? Is that how you say A-O-E-D-E? It's,
5: you got it right the first time. I am incredibly impressed.
0: Yeah. Well, it's because my son told me. <laughs> well, I looked Finally, it up. Finally, credit, <laughs> <where credit's laughs> credit
2: where
1: credit's due.
0: Credit where credit's due. Andy, our son, told me how. AED. Um, well, you know what, instead of reading this, I want, I want to hear your, you tell the story because it's pretty fascinating.
5: I'll tell you a little story. And my story is that I have been battling for more than 10 years, a progressive rare muscle disease. It's called dermatomyositis. And if it's untreated, it attacks and weakens my immune systems and Mm, muscles. Yeah. And I've been dealing with the challenges of managing BM, um, trying to find the right combination of treatments, since about April 2008. So picture yourself. Six weeks before you're getting married, you're about to go on tour to promote your first album, and you're working full-time. And imagine you get a skin rash, and you go to the dermatologist, thinking he's going to give you some cream. And instead, he tells you you have some rare, unpronounceable disease and refers you to a rheumatologist and you are 36 years old man
0: yeah that'd be so the
5: worst of it from yeah the worst of it for me was a flare in 2010 where i was hospitalized for about a month for complete muscle weakness and then confined to a wheelchair and then undergoing a lot of rehab For months to relearn basics like how to sit, how to stand, you know, eventually how to walk and then how to play and sing again. Wow. So my story is actually persevering through all of this crap by obsessively turning to creativity to help heal. Um, But along that path, I also kind of discovered a purpose, which was that I needed to become a light to others. Right. Especially people who are experiencing transformations, illness, disability or, you know, challenges and to encourage them uh, to go through, you know, help them navigate their own darkness. Isn't that
0: nice that you took something that could be very, very negative and made it a positive? You accepted. And by the way, in the in the description of the book, they use the term and I love this term, accepting a new normal. I think that's a great way to look at illness and life itself.
5: Yeah, thank you. Yeah, it's it's very important, I think, rather than asking yourself why, for me at least, it was what can I give, you know, what can I learn from this, what can I teach? Because you ask why, and you're, especially with autoimmune diseases, yeah. there are so many different causes and possible suspects, but there's never an answer. So you're, you're you know, you're barking down this tree that really isn't going to, give you any good results and make you feel better.
0: Yeah, uh, so you've taken this now. Uh, so you, you've been in a situation for what, about about six, seven years, is that right? 10 years. 10 years, oh, you were 35?
5: Yep. Man,
0: yeah I, th- yeah, I thought you had said 38, but 35. So th- how did you first notice that this had happened to you? What, was there? What was the first sign you had an illness?
5: The first sign is that I had uh, hands that were uh, looking like just dermatitis, if you know what that is, like a contact dermatitis, except that I had very, very red nail beds, every one of them. And imagine, you know, you're at work and you're wearing gloves because you don't want everybody to see your really red hands. So everything started as a rash. Um, on my knuckles and my nail bed, And the positive of that, I will say there was a positive because as I ne- uh, noted, the dermatologist took one look and said, you know, you need to see a rheumatologist. Well, that doesn't happen very often. Many invisible illnesses go undiagnosed for years. Uh, but because this was a telltale sign mm. of this rare illness, mm-hmm. I was really fortunate.
4: Yeah, that's it- why cancer is so deadly, actually. If all cancers were... Diagnosed in stage one, then people wouldn't die mm-hmm. of cancer. Right. But right. because they don't cause symptoms until too late, then.
1: Yeah, especially in some areas. Yeah. So,
5: yeah. Yeah, sure. This... And that's why, you know, the whole idea of the proactive, you know, prostate screening and, mm-hmm. and uh, mammograms and all of that is so important.
1: Is, is your uh, illness related to plaque psoriasis, kind of?
5: No, my illness is in the rheumatoid arthritis uh, rubric, so it will be under the MDA or similar to a lupus. Okay. All right. So it's muscle, progressive muscle weakness, and mine came with the skin rash. That's the derma aspect of it.
0: So where did the strength in you come from? You took this head on and said, yeah, you know, I'm going to be dealing with this illness. I can sit around and feel sorry for myself or I can get out there, try to make my life better, try to make everybody else's life better. Did that come from your parents? From who'd that come from?
2: Yeah,
5: God, that's a great question. I I think I've always had it in me to do whatever it is that's inside me. Um, And that support and encouragement definitely came from, you know, family in the beginning. They always encouraged, you know, I had competing messages. Dad was always saying, get a job, get a trade. You know, Mom is always saying, you can, you can do anything you want, be anything you want. You know what I mean? Yep. But creativity was always encouraged. Um, if anything, it was just the value and worth aspects that I always struggled with, right? It's almost like that that want to do well because you probably see that it has positive reinforcement. And so, you know, you're constantly looking for ways to, to have value and worth.
6: Yeah, I mean, and, and when
5: you get an illness and, and that is stripped from you, your identity is, is really changed. You know, imagine, you know, you get to a point where you're completely dependent, you know, for basics, like help, you know, doing really basic things. It, it takes away your dignity. It takes away a lot of independence. And at that point, your value and your worth are really, they come into question.
1: Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, my brother um, found out that he's got a chronic disease, and it it really threw him for a loop because Mm -hmm. he was always a very strong, capable, you know, person that could just, Mm -hmm. you know, very, very physically strong. And having this just, I mean, he had to go to like grief counseling to deal with it because it's just such, you know, all of a sudden one day your life changes.
5: Oh, God. Well, we- yeah. I mean, that's true. You know, you're, you're going through these transformations that sometimes are physical, and then they're also, right, the spiritual transformations, mm-hmm. like I was talking about, this idea of who are you? Um, if you can't work anymore, what value and what contribution can you make to society now? You know, what can, can you? if your dreams aren't the same as they used to be, how do you keep them alive? What are you capable of doing? You know, all those things kind of come into question.
0: I just love the whole idea, though, because a lot of people would have gone into a shell and said, oh, God, I feel sorry for myself. And Do you look at it in, on some days, on the good days, as, you know, I guess part of this thing that happened to me is, is, is a good, at least a percentage of it is a good thing, because look what it drove me to do. Do you look at it that way?
5: Yeah, absolutely. I, but I had to come to that idea yeah, yeah. of this is a gift. So, for me, my my journey has been, as I said, turning obsessively to creativity. So I did kind of what i I plunged, as far as I could go, into my artist persona, a. and I created, you know, as an example, I put out, I think, five albums, including three musicals on audiobooks, stage plays that I adapted, and then I wrote this book. So I was doing all this stuff to express. But I was realizing, one, that I was hiding behind this artist persona. You know, I, this, you hear me, this is Lisa, yeah. right? But I was the stage presence of 80, and that was kind of an out that I didn't have to delve and dwell in that darkness. Mm-hmm. So what I've discovered lately is that I have a yearning to be part of something bigger, and that's the inspiration in, in some form for my memoir is that I have this need to give back. You know, I have a gift. Mm-hmm. I have to. It's almost like it's my obligation, you know, to help others because if I can do this and I can, you know, inspire just by sharing my story, and and that's actually what's been happening a lot is that I've, you know, had this um, opportunity to share, and when I share, I discover that others start sharing their stories, and that also, you know, keeps promoting healing.
0: Yeah, and I think, look, what you've done for yourself just by doing this, it's not only helping other people, but it really, really brings into focus who you are, what you're all about, where you came from, where you're going. It's a really nice way for you to focus on your life, I would think.
5: Yeah, and and honestly, the processing that happened during the writing of the memoir, I didn't do that. Like I said, you know, I was so enveloped in all of the creativity, which has been wonderful. You know, I mean, healing can happen in so many ways because you're not, uh, you're, you know, you're fostering hope and positivity during all of this, right? And you're not focusing on your illness, you're in your place of joy, and all of that was super positive. But at the same time, you know, I wasn't confronting how hard that was to go from independence to dependence. I wasn't confronting you know, the 156 doctor appointments that I've had, or, oh, you know, like, yeah, I mean, <laughs> that kind of stuff is, it, it's kind of like, I'm not here to just say that my life lessons, you know, awaken and greet the day with gratitude and love and positive attitude. I'm, I'm not just going to say that that's the only answer. Yeah. You know, attitude is huge. But I will be the first to acknowledge that we're all going to have, you know, really hard days. We're human. We're going to feel. And I, I, you know, applaud and recommend that we feel. I just personally don't think we need to dwell there. You
0: know, it's really funny, Lisa. I just, this week, I do a morning show as well uh, in town here. And I've been on that show for 32 years, going on 33 years. And somebody in the business said to me, "Man, you've you kind of lost your edge. What's what's the problem?" I said, "What do you mean?" Because mm. you just don't have that edge you used to have. I said, "I don't understand. What are you talking about?" And he goes, "Why are you always in such a good mood?" Oh, pardon me.
1: Did you listen to the show? <laughs> God. It's like pardon
0: listen. me for being in a good. I'm always in a good mood now. Liar. That's my wife attacking uh, me. My, my wife is attacking me, Lisa. She's going right. Is everywhere.
5: that what? He, did she say liar? Yes. Yes,
1: <laughs> yes oh, okay. that's she good. did. He's
5: a no yeah, liar. Yeah, that's that's the other thing. Oh, oh my God. God! If we didn't have our support system, what support I system <laughs> would be? That was so sweet. Look, that's humor. Well, maybe it's true. I don't know. Maybe that was like a a stab. Not really humor. But humor is so huge to me. Like I play, use humor, you know, I smile and laugh at this stuff because if you can't, it also will totally just bring you down too, you know?
0: No, one of the greatest lines in the history of movies, in the movie Kingpin, I believe it was, there's a very (laughs) old man sitting on the front porch at a house, and the guys walk out of the house, and one guy says, how's life, old man? And the guy goes, it's taken way too effing long. (laughs) 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 It's a great, great quote.
5: That's a great line. It is
0: indeed. A light of the darkness transcending chronic illness through the power of art and attitude. You have a a great deal of strength and i love the fact that you can have inward and outward focus at the same time a lot of people can't achieve that so great having you on and and stay in touch with it i'd love i'd love to talk to you again about this
5: well thank you it was it was great to be here and um just as a side note i'm working with 50 other artists that are also creating to heal and we're doing something called lights in the darkness and that's a really exciting new community and effort so stay tuned for, you know, stuff about that. We're going to have an event in December where I'm going to showcase online 40 videos of artists who are creating to heal. So that'll be a lot of fun.
0: Okay, well, come back in December if you can. That'd be great.
5: Yeah. So I'll leave you by just saying keep, keep your dreams alive. Don't give up. Uh, find ways to give back, share your story, and shine your light.
0: Thank God, I, I thought you could say in closing. Catherine's right. Tom's a liar.
5: <laughs> and Tom's so no, dumb. Shine your light.
4: <laughs>
5: so
0: thank you
4: very much. Great talking to you.
5: All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.
4: Dog shining his light.
0: Are you shining this your
1: light on light yourself? Of mine,
5: I'm God, make it I can't shine. get
0: comfortable now. Why did you guys bring up my hernia?
1: Well, you're the what? one that's talking about I didn't know you had your...
0: one until you brought it up. Mm. I didn't either. Uh, the Pinching, fact that he was digging around in there and yes. m- made it I- irritating. <laughs> what?
1: All of the above.
0: I'm just trying to slog through life. That's all I know. The greatest thing about it is she has this malady, and I'm going, yeah, well, my nutsack hurts.
2: I'll def- it- <laughs> yeah, I'll definitely have to get her book Because like, exactly yeah, what she was great. going through, this is what I'm going through Bright. right now. No, it's true. Her. Um, dealing with true. the pain, like last night, my pain was so bad I couldn't even walk to the bathroom. Oh, Dave his picked me up. name God. is
0: Dave. It's not a pain. Your pain. His name <laughs>
2: is Dave. I, uh, he had to pick me up and bring me into the bathroom because my yeah. foot felt like it was completely broken. Uh, and I used the laundry basket as a walker because <laughs> I didn't have. Who hasn't
0: done that? I just put my blankets drinks. in my.
2: <laughs> I was trying to get to the bedroom so I could get set up to work on my computer while he did his show, and I'm using the laundry (laughs) basket down the hallway but thing you're short yeah (laughs) it wouldn't work for most people yeah because i mean i you know i'm going through all these autoimmune diseases and trying to get diagnosed get the proper medication Uh, doctor's appointments i have good days and i have my bad days um so and i told dave i was like you know sometimes when you have those really bad days it makes the semi-good days a lot more enjoyable yeah so. but it's hard when I'm a mom with six kids in the house very difficult and i yeah. there's times where I can't even get out of bed because I'm so in so much pain and um but you know I did get approved for medical marijuana so I'm hoping that once I get my medical card and get my um go to the dispensary hopefully once I get Uh, that CBD CBD oil going that'll Mm -hmm. help with a lot of the inflammation that's going on. So
0: There you have it. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you to Grant Wilson. Thank you to Darkness Dave. Thank you to Lisa Snyderman. Terrific guest today. Have a magnificent day. Tom Bernard Show.